Chapter 1. Landfall The meandering track that ran around the wide curve of Falmouth Bay was just wide enough to allow passage to horse and rider, and only slightly less dangerous than the footpath which was somewhere beneath it. To the stranger or the foolhardy, either could be hazardous. On this particular dawn, the coast appeared abandoned, its sounds confined to the cries of seabirds, the occasional lively trill of an early robin, and the repetitive call of a cuckoo, which never seemed to get any closer. In places, some of the cliff had fallen away, so that where the track ran closer to the edge, it was possible to hear the boom of the sea against the jagged rocks below. Rarely still, it was never to be taken for granted. There was a damp chill in the air, but this was late June, and within hours the horizon would be hard and clear, the sea glittering with a million mirrors. The horse and rider rose slowly above a steep slope, and paused like a piece of statuary, or, like this bewitched coast, a vision which might suddenly vanish. Lady Catherine Somerville tried to relax her body as she stared back above the drifting mist. They must have thought her mad at the big grey house below Pendennis Castle, like the stable boy who had snatched up a lantern when she had startled him out of sleep. He had mumbled something about calling the head groom or the coachman, but she had refused. As he had saddled Tamara, the powerful mare Richard Belitho had found for her, she had felt the same sense of urgency, and a conviction which her rational mind could not dismiss. She had dressed herself in the big room, their room, with the same driving desperation. Her long dark hair was only loosely pinned about her ears, and she wore her thick riding skirt and one of Richard's old sea-going coats, which she often used on her cliff walks. She had felt the gorse and bushes dragging at her skirt as Tamara had moved purposefully along the track, had tasted the sea, the enemy, as Belitho had once called it, his voice so bitter in one of those rare private moments. She stroked the horse's neck to reassure herself. A fast packet had brought news to Falmouth from the Caribbean. The English fleet and a considerable force of soldiers and marines had attacked Martinique, the main base for French naval operations there. The French had surrendered, and most of their activities in the Caribbean and on the main had ceased. Catherine had watched the faces of the people in the square when the news had been read out by a dragoon officer. Most of them would be unaware of the importance of Martinique, a thorn in Britain's side for so many years, or even know where it was. There was little enthusiasm, and no cheers either, for this was 1809, and four years had passed since the death of Nelson, the nation's darling and the Battle of Trafalgar, which must have seemed to me.